Hello, gentle Patreon supporters. Up from the depths 30 stories high, it's this month's Patreon special for June. Yay! Good old formerly lost media, my favorite. My favorite thing in the whole world. Well, semi-lost, it just wasn't put out on DVD. Right, and people had, like, reruns taped off Cartoon Network. Yes. Yeah, because it aired on Cartoon Network in... 2000, I think? Not that. I don't think it was that recently. It was definitely when I was in high school. It would make sense if they put it out when the Matthew Broderick movie came out. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, Is is this a better Godzilla than the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? I think it might be. (laughs) Yeah, the movie, yes. (laughs) I should rewatch that movie since I was forced to buy it in a two-pack with 2012 if I wanted to get 2012 on Blu-ray because that was the only version that Walmart had readily available when I was like, hey, I'm going to buy a copy of 2012. The question is, is it better than the other Godzilla cartoon? Ooh, I kind of... Also... I I mean, I thought that Godzilla cartoon that we watched earlier, I thought that was actually pretty good. I had this whole discussion. Way better than the movie. <laughs> when did we watch that? God, that was like late last year, right? Yeah, I think around the same time that Godzilla vs. Kong came out. Okay, yes. because over Christmas, I ended up having this discussion with my sister about Godzilla stuff because her sons are are getting into it, and she's fairly pop culture savvy. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, but she had apparently, like, completely forgotten that the Matthew Broderick Godzilla was a thing that happened, even though she was, like, 15 at the time. <laughs> Did she not even remember the Taco Bell commercials? I mean, I can see forgetting the movie, but those Taco Bell commercials were everywhere. I should have yeah. brought up the Taco Bell commercials. Because, uh, we were just talking about, like you know, different iterations of Godzilla. And I was like, you know, the 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 90s U.S., the American movie. And she was like, what? And I was like, the American <laughs> movie. That <laughs> there was all that merchandise for. It had Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, and the lady from News Radio on it. No, not that yes. lady from News Radio. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that... Probably uh, that Godzilla cartoon is better than this Godzilla cartoon, uh, just because this Godzilla cartoon is is definitely like as the Hanna-Barbera empire began to crumble. Yeah, so this is this is 1978. It is Hanna-Barbera. Um, it was uh, apparently produced by Doug Wildey, who was the driving force behind Johnny Quest, and it really shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not as good as Johnny Quest, I would say, I from what I've seen of 60s Johnny Quest. I'm actually surprised how well animated this was going back. I was afraid yeah, this, this was like not shit. terribly animated. No. It, it, like, it, this is a step above, like, your Scooby-Doo ripoffs. Yes. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be a step below. Uh, I was um, like, oh, pretty good. Uh, the Wikipedia page has an interesting interview. It has some bits of an interview with uh, Joseph Barbera. Hmm. So it, it was his idea to license Godzilla. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't you know, my, just Toho coming over and shopping it around. No, he said, you know, my job back then was to dig up new characters, new ideas, new shows. And I wanted to do Godzilla for a while. Because this is the late 70s. Uh, I would say Godzilla, you know, I don't know about Godzilla mania, but Godzilla was big in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> this is right around the time of the 
uh, 70s Marvel Godzilla comic. Yes, but, but this was also a dead time for Godzilla movies. Right, they were not making new Godzilla movies, but I imagine they were also, like the old ones were running heavily on American syndicated TV. Yes, a lot. Yes. And I... that is where America's kids were seeing Godzilla, even though at this point they hadn't made a Godzilla movie for, I think, four years? David, four, five, do you yeah. know when the... Uh, I. I don't know if I've mentioned on here before, uh, but do you know if this would be about when the Omni dubs of the some of those older movies were produced? Uh, oh, some of the movies w- did come later, but I think they'd all happened by like probably seventy five or seventy six. Well, imagine. not when they were the movies were made, but when those dubs would have been when it would have been dubbed. Uh Possibly, they might have dragged out until eighty, but I don't think so. Okay, and and they actually to this day, like last week uh, on Comet TV, which is one of those uh, you know secondary digital broadcast channels that shows lots of the X Files, and it's where I came to learn that Sliders was actually terrible, and I had forgotten how terrible it was. Uh, but they like to pull out those on occasion, so I get to sit here listening to Galvatron from the Headmaster's dub talk about Mechagodzilla. Uh, so <laughs> Jet Jaguar. Which is really like... So this... A, the, those voices being very recognizable, and also the pronunciation being very recognizable. So I'm wondering if those might have been being broadcast at the time on U.S. television, you know, around the same time. Oh, yeah, they, they were just in syndication every Saturday, all in the 80s and late 70s. Actually, and, and I guess... And that's connected with this, because... Um, oh. Toho did produce, I believe, according to Wikipedia, uh, that Omni dub of Macross Do You Remember Love that was released as Clash of the Bionoids. Uh, so <laughs> I guess Toho was working with Omni at the time for some reason, <laughs> because they were cheap, <laughs> I assume. Probably. All right, so so anyway, uh, Joe Barber, he was friends with Henry Saperstein, and Henry uh, Saperstein yes. was Toho's man in America. Basically, he, he handled, like, half of the Godzilla movies, at least. Right, and he also was the guy who arranged for American actors to appear in Toho movies. Yes. Ha. Uh-huh. Which is why Russ Tamblin is in War of the Gargantuas. And uh, Nick Adams? Nick Adams, who is in both Invasion of Astro Monster and Frankenstein Conquers the World. And he's pretty damn great in both. (laughs) And he was also involved in the creation of uh, the gag dub uh, What's Up Tiger Lily. Oh, neat. So anyway, so yeah, the... uh, So, you know, he he got... uh, Henry Saperstein to uh, get talking with Toho about Godzilla, and then there was an executive of the network who wanted to get into the act and urged us to lighten the storyline up. So I came up with the character Godzuki, who was like his son. The show had sort of a father-son relationship, which we had done before on shows like Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy and Johnny Quest. <laughs> Although I, I am, am I correct in saying that Godzuki is not Godzilla's son, but apparently his nephew? Yeah, well, I don't remember if it's ever specifically stated, but that's basically what it's... Well, Look, in the same we, way that Manila <laughs> and, and other Godzilla kids in various movies, they're not direct parentage, they're just, hey, we found an egg. Going okay, to say, so it's Look, not it's like Godzilla important. has, like, a... 
Yes, we don't want to imply that Godzilla fucks. Kids are not prepared for that. I mean, I don't think adults are prepared for that. <laughs> Except was, there was there was a Godzilla coloring book that implied some really weird shit. Uh, what about like Godzilla Studio Fifty Four or something? Yeah, where the one where he has a wife and then he has a girlfriend on the side. <laughs> Yes, that one. I mean, the Studio 54 thing, just, you know, just Godzilla doing, like, mountainous rails of coke. <laughs> I mean, let's Look out, Tokyo. Lizard intercourse is not, like, super sexy, so come on. They they need I mean, to just deal with it. They're, you, well, I mean, I guess in the Matthew Broderick one, uh, he's he could have just, you know, pluked out uh, Godzuki himself on his own. Yeah, that's hmm. true. That's true. So this, uh, I assume that this does post-date Godzilla Jr., though. The original one, yes. Yeah. And, and it, when, is that also, Man- is, is Manila the same thing as Godzilla Jr.? Oh, okay, here's the, no. Manila or Minia or whatever it was in the old 70s ones. And there is actually a Godzilla Jr. in the 90s movies. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Unrelated. The one in the 90s movies has, like, he's a different suit in each movie, and it goes from, like, oh, it's a cute sort of dinosaur-looking thing, it looks normal, to this fat, chubby monstrosity to, oh, that just looks like a little Godzilla. (laughs) Very weird arc. Well, I mean, I'm not exactly clear if uh, Godzuki is the same species as Godzilla, because he's got... Wings, but how... Like, somehow he flies with little... Little Spider-Man under the armpit flaps. I mean, that could just that be, works. like, a juvenile trait that is shed as they grow older and, like, yes. some lizard right, wings. Right, right. Some yeah, lizards like will a climb trees when they're babies because, like, uh, Komodo dragons, I think, they have a strong climbing instinct when they're very small because their parents will eat them. Uh, and then when they're older, of course, they lose that because they're kind of big. So maybe they, like, have wings as juveniles and, and limited flight abilities so they can better evade predators that they do not need to worry about once they are, what is it, seven stories high? How's the song go? 30 stories so, high. 30, 30 stories, stories high. high. And Which okay. does make this the shortest Godzilla in recorded history. <laughs> ah. Well, unless you're counting the Godzilla Saurus from Godzilla versus King Ghidra before he got hit with the bomb on an island near Bikini Atoll uh. and became Godzilla Godzilla. Yes, 30 stories tall is short because in the original Godzilla from 57, he's, I think, 50 meters tall. Mm. Or, or, oh, no, wait a minute. 50 meters tall in the movies after that. He may be like only 40. Although, well, although I, think 50, I think 30 stories is higher than 50 meters. Meters of, uh, like a story is what, like three meters? Wait. Oh, object. No, there might be an extremely large Godzilla. Yeah, but he's not actually that big in the show. Like, he's like. Oh. In, in the animation, he varies from like 50 yeah. to 100 feet. Again, Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, okay. uh, the broadcast history according to, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, and apparently oh, yeah, the series as a whole uh, originally premiered 10 days before I was born. Oh. <laughs> oh. And it's interesting because this was, for for whatever reason, this was mostly in a block with other shows. It started off as 
uh, the Godzilla Power Hour, which was half an hour of Godzilla and half an hour of Janna of the Jungle. Oh, I didn't which was that. which was kind of like a distaff Tarzan thing with uh, B.J. Ward, who played um, Scarlet on G.I. Joe, and oh, okay. Michael Bell. <laughs> Yay, Michael Prowl Bell. Prowl and Duke. And everyone. And then it became a then it became the Godzilla Super Ninety, as they also added a rerun of Johnny Quest. Yes. Then it was on its own as the Godzilla Show. Then it was the Godzilla Globetrotters Adventure Hour. So I assume this Godzilla- was Super Globetrotters, which is something that Cartoon Network was showing in the middle of the night on Saturdays around like nineteen ninety nine two thousand, where there was one of the I, characters. I assume because it's amazing when you're super high. One of the yeah, it, well, it was a a like seventies block was the theme, uh, but come to think right. of it, it was kind of like the pre adult swim, and that it was all stuff that was amazing if you're mm. super high because it also had like Gumby <laughs> and banana splits uh, and oh yeah, I I I like that one of the Globetrotters' uh, super abilities was uh, that his giant fro he could just like pull things out of it. <laughs> Wait, he was he was bubble 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 bubble. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Except you know, actually a black guy. So I I love super globetrotters. It's ridiculous. Alright. So then became the Godzilla Dino Mutt Hour with the with the Funky Phantom, and then the <laughs> Godzilla Hong Kong Fooey Hour, which maybe is when I started. That watching. feels a little Orientalist. <laughs> yeah. Well, or wait, well, well, well was, was, I mean, Hong Kong Fu was just Scatman Crothers, who was a dog who knew Kung Fu. Yes. I can't remember how much Orientalism there was. It's apart a from him being bit. Hong He's Kong Fu. He's got Fu-y. this cat sidekick who does like a super, like, oh. Chinese laugh. And oh, then no. He's got this oh. car that's like a Chinese. I, unsurprisingly, I I was super interested in Hong Kong Fooey in the 90s because he was Scatman Crothers and there was the the whole Transformers through line there. Uh, Also because they also showed that on Cartoon Network in the early to mid 90s when I was in high school. Uh, I actually had a Hong Kong Fooey keychain for a long time that came from the Warner Mm. Brothers studio store back when those were a thing. Uh, So, yeah. But those seem a little Orientalist, though. <laughs> so there, there's a little bit more from Barbera. We talked about how they really had to tone everything down because, you know, Sam's practice says, you know, he can't shoot his flame at anybody. And he can't step on buildings or cars. And then, you know, that's that's kind of all Godzilla does. <laughs> so that, so that became the problem to, to, ma- to maintain a feeling of Godzilla and at the same time cut down everything that he did. We managed to get a fair show out of it. It was okay. Godzuki kind of got the kids going. <laughs> That, I, I, I don't know. I, I just like this, you know, old Italian guy talking about, oh, you know, Godzuki. He kind of got the kids going. Yes. Like, and yet, all I remember, like, I, I saw this as a child of age indeterminate, one of those original <laughs> airings, and I hated Godzuki. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can talk, and Godzuki is, I mean, he is the tag along sidekick pet, and also he's Don Messick, and he just sounds exactly like Scooby Doo. He, he talks less. Ta- yeah, yeah he doesn't talk in words. He just, you know, talks in like, you know, like sounds. Yeah, there's definitely but- like Don Messick noises. He absolutely <laughs> sounds like Scooby Doo, though. Yes, just yes. not speaking actual words. It's so Don Messick. Yes. 
And you know, he he can kind of fly. He can he can't breathe fire. He just like blows smoke rings. Yeah, well, much as Minnie uh, did in because he's Japan. a baby. Okay, I, so you wonder if I mean I guess they probably would have seen those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, well, here's probably the sub thing. We had to create a new thing because it would have been a secondary license to get Minilla. Right. That was that's <laughs> always a thing with Toho yes. because, like in the For Marvel the comics, it's just Godzilla. They don't use you know Mothra or Rodan. And I guess it was like a real coup for Godzilla King of the Monsters to get well uh, Rodan and Mothra and King Ghidorah. The comics that IDW was putting out started to do that and, and had done that for a bit for a few years before that. It mm-hmm. seemed like eventually Toho got the idea. It's like maybe we should make it cheaper to license the others instead of making them. I don't know whatever it was. It seemed like yeah. it was an exorbitant amount. It's like no, we're not going to bother to do that. We'll just make our own monsters. It's cheaper. Maybe yeah. we should start allowing them to do combo meals yeah. instead of everything being a la carte. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you know they you know they saw those MCU movies and they're all you know the the, the team up is very big right now. Yes. You got to have the the whole cast there. You can't just have the main character. He's got to have all the buddies he's known for. I, I'm sure they've uh, talked to, with uh, whoever owns the uh, the Gamera rights. Um, yes. Is Dai still around? I don't know. Gamera I mean, is really uh, neat. <laughs> he is made of turtles. Because you know that people would go nuts for a Godzilla Gamera movie. Yes. It's been a thing that's almost happened, or at least been an idea stage. Many times before, it just hasn't happened yet. I, I exactly. Think there was some, I mean, you know, they they made they made Godzilla and Kong work. Yes. Yeah, I think there was supposed to be either a teaser in Kong or King of the Monsters that didn't happen. And in the nineties, it was supposed to happen once, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Although uh, Ga- Gamera the Brave, which was like a younger Gamera, did fight something that looks a hell of a lot like a knockoff Godzilla. <laughs> So that might have been a leftover from one of the ideas. Maybe. Uh, so I guess we, we and we can start off with this theme song that is totally rad. <laughs> yes. Up from the depths, thirty stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. It's very short, thankfully. I mean, it is short. It, it alternates uh, between big, ominous Godzilla and... I mean, it has been going through my head all day. And yes. Godzuki. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw this. Up from the depths, 30 stories high. <laughs> if I saw it as a kid, I don't remember it, but I definitely saw it on Cartoon Network in in the early to mid-90s. Yeah, I I absolutely had never seen this at all. This is way before my time. <laughs> no, I was it was they would show they would have like a whole action block uh of this and like actual Space Ghost episodes and Centurions actually. Ooh. Uh which is Man I assume machine. that must have been Hanna-Barbera though. Kind of surprised they didn't get GoBots in there, but maybe that was like a whole separate licensing thing. But, uh, but, but yeah, they were definitely running this on Cartoon Network oh, in the I know, early uh, days before they stuck all that stuff on Boomerang and then Boomerang just became Cartoon Network originals from 2002 and <laughs> who knows. 
Uh, Centurions was Ruby Spears, which was a couple of ex Hanna Barbera staffers who left. Okay. Uh, that was like Thundar the Barbarian, uh, Rubik the Amazing Cube. <laughs> Uh, Sectors, that 80s Superman show. Oh. Nice. And all of that. Apparently, Dae isn't around anymore. It was bought out by Kadokawa at some point, who originally started as a publishing company, and they were were like joint film company, but then they just stopped Dae. And apparently, Dae put out some anime, but all the ones I recognize are hentai. Oh, dear. Oh no! Like La Blue Girl. Oh no! Venus Five. Oh my! Yes. Like well, I, I think I, maybe we're about to find out who else is full of turtle meat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Godzilla. Oh my! Yes. So, uh, so the 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 premise of this show, and it's extremely episodic, as with all mm-hmm. Hanna Barbera shows of the time, is that there's a team of scientists. They're on the Calico. Which is a hydrofoil. There's Captain Carl Majors, who really looks like uh, Johnny Quest's dad, Doctor Benton Quest. Again, because yes. Doug Wildey. He also looks like oh, if you were drawing Jonathan Frakes in the seventies. <laughs> uh, you've got Doctor Quinn Darian, who is a pretty lady. Mm. Yes. Also, I guess the aunt of the child. Yes, uh, P. Darian. Of course, it can't be her daughter because you cannot imply that anybody on the show has had sex. She has a sibling who has had sex, and unfortunately, this is very much Pete. like Donald Duck, and like how all of those characters end up with these nephews. And yes, yeah, no one well, can have children of their own. You can't imply that Godzilla has fucked. You can't put your own child in danger. You can put your nephew in danger easily. And I will tell that to my sister uh, the next time we're hanging out. <laughs> and uh, you've also got. Uh, Dr. Darian's research assistant, Brock Borden, who is a black scientist, which, uh, you know, pretty good for the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something. We're we're getting there. I don't know. He's got glasses. He's he's got the whole, like... They probably didn't have guys yelling at them on the internet about it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Some guys booting up, uh, you know, Univac or whatever to yell about black people on the cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) Put, put a bunch of racial slurs on the punch cards. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, so somehow these guys are pals of Godzilla. And they have a little remote that can, like, in case of emergency, summon Godzilla. Yes, yeah. which they refer to as the Godzilla signaler, which I yes. feel like they, they could have tried a little harder on. I mean, initially, I, I knew that they could somehow summon Godzilla. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, so I, I, I thought, okay, she's either gonna, I think she's gonna put out like a magic flute or something. <laughs> I think. Well, my memories. I, I remember watching all of this show as a kid, but I don't remember any specific episodes in any way at all. But I get a feel like, like one of the episodes, it must have mentioned, oh, the signal is the same noise that Godzuki makes. Mm, oh, right, because Godzuki can also summon Godzilla. Yes. And uh, also here, of course, Godzilla not depicted with the Godzilla roar that he has in, I'm assuming, every other Godzilla thing. Correct. Because maybe that was an extra license. (laughs) Oh Oh my god, Toho, calm down. 
That sounds like a very Toho thing from what oh, I've heard. Oh, no, like, I think at one point they lost the tapes of the original sound. Oh. Ooh. But then they did, did eventually find it again. But also, major part of the sound is rubbing a leather glove against a bass cello. Ooh. <laughs> like, sure. it's against the, the wires and it makes a horrible cool. noise. It's great. But yeah, it's, it's one of the few times, like, well, why don't you use it? Although I guess they wanted him to emote more than just a basic roar. Well, and yeah. so they hired Lurch. Yes, uh, this is Ted Cassidy, <laughs> noted enormous American actor. Uh, this guy was six foot nine. He was he was Lurch on the uh, on the original Adams Family show. He's in uh, a couple episodes of Star Trek. Uh, he was the narrator on uh, the uh, the '70s Bill Bixby Hulk show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I kind of surprised that he wasn't Frank Welker, but I think maybe Frank w- Welker hadn't they they hadn't discovered that Frank Welker could make all the animal noises yet because yeah, he was I still just it, busy being Freddy. Yeah, I think at this point Welker was kind of just doing like his his Fred voice and a bunch of stuff. I don't know that he had become the animal guy yet. Yeah, they hadn't figured that out about him that skill set. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he 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 did a bunch of like, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty credible monster growls on this. Yeah, but it it does it is Not weird bad. that he's and he's also kind of a weird looking Godzilla. His uh, I mean, probably because it would be harder to animate. His uh, his plates are not quite as leaf shaped. Yeah, they're they're not maple leafy shaped. They're they're more rounded and small. He he's. Sort of a little bit more bottom heavy. Of course, that's also like it's trying to get a little bit of the perspective shot, but doesn't always work. Oh yeah, th- th- this Godzilla has a dump truck ass. Yes, he's very, very green. <laughs> yes. Like he's very, he's a Kelly green, which is part of the reason why everybody thinks Godzilla is green and not charcoal gray, like in everything else. Right. Well, I mean, I guess those movies are black and white, or else well, that first one's black well, and white. So- First two, and first two, and yeah. uh, and then he's green. In the cartoon, so yeah, Godzilla's green, I guess. And toys Fair were always green. I think he was also green in the comics. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Although I think more, maybe more of a forest green than this uh, this Kelly green. Anyway, yeah. so uh, the episode in question we are watching is the Beast of Storm Island. Yes, we decided to jump straight to season two, uh, because yes, season yeah. two, uh, again, I, I love me some recently recovered, uh, lost media, at least lost as far as the copyright holders not bothering to make it available in any fashion, mm-hmm. uh, because this was never released on DVD. Uh, there are some episodes from the Cartoon Network airing that have just been put out into the world on like daily motion. Uh, mm-hmm. But they are making it available on YouTube now. Yes, on the official Toho Godzilla channel. Yes, which I just found not out just, existed. Yeah, this is the fourth. Not just ripped off somebody's VHS. I wonder if they'll put the uh, 90s show on there, too. Oh, Ooh, maybe. eventually, maybe. I mean, if they're doing the same kind of thing like the Ultraman channel is, they'll be slowly putting stuff up. And then taking it down after a few weeks. Which oh. is kind I of mean, annoying. didn't we determine that just like Pluto has the '90s Godzilla cartoon? I, I know that it's available on CTV in Canada on their streaming service. Okay. So anyway, this is the fourth episode of season two. The seventeenth episode overall aired uh, October sixth, nineteen seventy nine, and we open off the coast of Canada. 
Yay! I guess the question is, what coast of Canada? Because we've got two that kind of... That is a very good question. And we've got technically got three, but they don't appear to be in the Arctic. Hmm. I mean, I yeah. would guess it's the Pacific coast, just because Dude. that's usually where Godzilla is. That would kind of make more sense. Where? They also yeah, you know, I had guard. kind of assumed that it was the Atlantic coast just because of my own personal biases of always having lived on the Atlantic coast, if not in the Midwest. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess it probably is the Pacific coast. Also, I'm going to blame rescue bots because now I'm used to just like islands being in Maine. Yeah, this is just off Prince Edward Island. Yeah, clearly. So, uh, so yeah, they're uh, you know they're trying to get through the storm, but uh, you know they, they there's one chance at land, the nearby Storm Island. That doesn't sound like a good idea. So they, so they, not a good name. So this is a very Johnny Quest type sequence where they navigate this boat through the storm. They get to this, this the shore, and there are a bunch of uh, abandoned ships all over the uh, all over the coast here. I will say one thing that this has more in common with the Johnny Quest side of Hanna Barbera uh, than with the Scooby Doo side of Hanna Barbera is that these characters do not appear to be in a band. No. <laughs> <laughs> None of these human characters are in a band together. And, and I mean, God we don't know Zook, what they and, do after hours. And Godzuki on drums. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Oh, now I want to listen to that Jabberjaw song again. <laughs> so and I mean, good. they, they do... So um, they do solve mysteries, but it's it's generally in the course of being scientists. They're not like professional mystery solvers. Yes. And the mystery is usually what giant monster is causing problems this week. Yes. So they uh, they get to shore, and there's this one ragged guy who uh, who 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 you know he's tried to escape the island. He's desperate. He says the, he tells them to get out of there before Axor comes for you. <gasps> Axor, dun dun dun, Axor, that's a Pokemon. And actually, XU is a Pokemon, and actually this kaiju that we will be encountering this week does remind me a bit of a Pokemon named Haxorus, who is the evolved form of XU, uh, who is just a big dragony, bipedal thing, though he's got the, oh, yeah, the axes go from the top of his head to being on his cheeks uh, hmm. as he evolves. So that does affected a little bit, but I'll dig up the picture and post it. So yeah, here comes, it's kind of like, it's like half cobra, half dinosaur. It's got very skinny legs. Yeah, uh, weird, canted cobra beast thing. Enormous, and like a, like a, like a weird nozzle on its head. Fang mouth. Yeah, it, it, it's got a blowhole its up. Its head top. thing is so weird. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It's kind of, it's unsettling, yes. And of course, uh, not found off the coast of Canada, cobras. <laughs> no, well, it's not exactly a cobra, but although it does have fangs, it, it's eh, stakey in some way. But it's named Axor. Wait, doesn't he transform into a motorcycle? It's not well, like well, he did before Slither. he was supposed to nucleon. 
Right, you know, Slither, uh, I don't know, Serpentus. I do kind of feel like this gives, this series gives me some pretty serious Inhumanoids vibes. With yeah, all the, especially the giant this monsters. Yeah. yeah, especially this episode. So, so naturally, it is time to summon Godzilla. I uh, this, especially after Aster starts shooting like lightning bolts out of its mouth. Yeah, well, you got to do something, some monster thingy. Yeah. Well, this, this it turns out to have a bunch of powers. Well, so does Godzilla. I mean, does Godzilla have powers besides the atomic breath and generally being a Godzilla? In this series, he also has laser eyes. Oh, yeah, that's true. This is true. That's not normal. (laughs) What is it with lasers with everything? Get the Uh, cops shooting lasers and you get the Dracula lasers. So uh, so we have the first of our two monster fights, and the, the Godzilla Axe War fight, this is probably about as good a kaiju fight as you can get on like, American animation in the 70s. It's not bad. Yeah, or animation in general in the 70s, because, well, plugging another thing, recently Ultraman came out with The Ultraman, which was an anime series from about the same time, like 76, 77 or something. The, the monsters in that look weirder and cheaper than this, but not by a lot. Oh, okay. And actually, Axor would fit right in with their weird gangly things. That that doesn't look like a guy in a suit. <laughs> it's just a monster. So, uh, so, so Axor is driven back, but not before zapping this guy with a mysterious ray from its eyes, which mm-hmm. sort of makes him catatonic. Another cobra-like thing. Well, I, cartoon Cobra. Yeah, thing. I guess, you know, Snakes, Hypnotism, everybody saw that uh, Jungle Book movie. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's how snakes work, right? Yeah, That's you know, how they, cobras they, work. they hypnotize you. They also sound like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yes. Oh, bother. These are, these are well-known traits. Yes. Anyway, they run back on the boat. Yeah, they, and get, they get on the boat. They take this guy back on there. He's so. gesticulating. Like, there are moments when the animation is really good and smooth. Like him just, like, waving his arms. Get the fuck off this island. <laughs> Go. And he, at one point there, he also calls him Axor the All-Powerful. Yes, which yes. makes him sound like a Lovecraftian god or something. Yes. Again, very inhumanoidsy. So indeed, though sadly, Axor will not turn out to actually, you know, be able to talk. Yes, like a know. person. So, and by a person, I mean Chris Latta. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're headed back, uh, you know, away from Storm Island. But the 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 guy wakes up in the middle of the night, zombie like arms stretched out in front of him, like Frankenstein's monster. He's a Zuvembi. No, and he. All nobody they can say zombie in this. I guess we're pat. I guess, I guess we can say zombie in kids' cartoons because I guess at this point it's less like rotting zombie and more like voodoo zombie. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It doesn't inherently imply a corpse. No, it just means like a hypnotized person. Yeah. Hypnotized, but in enough faculties to. Tie up Brock and like just yeah. turn the boat around. 
I personally like what was Brock doing that, like, they have, they show the guy coming into the bridge of the ship, I guess, whatever part of the ship the wheel is in that Brock is at the wheel. Uh, and then they just, like, the next thing you see, the zombie guy is at the wheel and Brock is, like, tied up. And I was like, they could not make it convincing that he could actually overtake this guy and tie him up when he's in this, like, uh, form. Like, yeah, Brock, he, wake he's up, he's all buddy. zombie and... Br- Brock is a nerd, but he's a buff nerd. Yes. Presumably yes. he was just falling asleep because he was on night shift of steering, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it was, he, he should definitely be ashamed that he got knocked out and tied up. Well, not knocked out, but overwhelmed and tied up by this zombie guy. <laughs> yeah, so he, he gets knocked out. Meanwhile, uh, Pete and Godzuki have, uh, have been out in the storm, so they, they, they have laryngitis. And head colds. Yes. So, unfortunately, we have chosen the uh, the episode that is... I mean, I assume most of them are not this uh, Pete-centric. I, I don't know. I don't remember well enough, but it's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 70s. So. That's true. I mean, I guess it, I guess there is something about uh, uh, Godzilla that, and most kaiju that attracts young boys in short pants. <laughs> yes. yes excessively unreasonably short pants. Someone's got to be the Kenny. Okay. Hmm. Uh put on pants. <laughs> so, so yeah, this ship ends up run aground, unfortunately. And so back on Storm Island. Yep, yeah, so they're going to ex- examine, you know, they're going to explore Storm Island. The adults are while uh Pete and Godzuki stay behind and play some frisbee. Hmm. Yes, because they're sick and they don't need to be out having adventures. So pretty soon they find this enormous stone temple that is being built by a number of people who have all been enslaved by Axor. Okay, I I have to ask you about the Canadian history of ziggurat building. Uh, none. (laughs) I I actually put in my notes, oh yes, one of those well-known Canadian ziggurats. (laughs) Yes. It, it's very like it's very clearly like a Mesopotamian style ziggurat, like it's not a yeah. normal pyramid. It's definitely not a thing that you expect to see on some random Canadian coastal island. I mean, I guess the thing is they built it, uh, like they they've just built it, I guess, or, or rebuilt it. It's hard to tell. Well, since the giant god monster isn't talking, no. he's just hypnotizing people to do his bidding. It's also not entirely clear why he wants a giant temple. I, I, I mean, why not? <laughs> a, maybe just to worship him. B, there's gas leaking out inside the temple. Maybe he's trying to keep it contained. Oh, of course, it, tr- it turns out to be his downfall. Right, well, yes. ultimately. I want a temple. I want people to build me a temple. I feel like this is a perfectly relatable, understandable motivation to make people build you a temple. So they're pretty quickly captured by the the slaves of Axor, who promptly stomp on the Godzilla signal. Which, apparently, according to the wiki, because of course there's a wiki for this, it's the first and only time it's destroyed, and my voice is dead. What the hell? Ah, You shouldn't shouldn't have been out in that storm. Now you'll never be able to summon Godzilla. Yeah. 
I'm Katsuki now. So you know they 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 don't really and the sleeves don't really know much either. They're just saying, no, we gotta no. build this. We gotta build this temple. Uh, you know, for the glory of Axor. It, it's what the boss wants. Yep. And so they take them, and the the three adults have now been brainwashed by Axor as well with his mind control ray. Yeah. Oh, and, and these zombie extras are very seventies looking with bell bottoms, and one of them looks like Chuck Norris. Yes. So they are overseen, or they 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 are they are spotted by Godzuki and Pete, who now have to, uh, who now have to save them. So of course they can't summon uh, Godzuki can vocally summon Godzilla, but he can't because he's got laryngitis. Yes, this is around where we have like the whole bunch of humans, the whole cult of humans building a temple for this monster. Was the part where I was like, yeah, this is definitely some humanoids bullshit. Yes. <laughs> like, we're just we're just in this. Yes. Yeah, if there had been a portal down to underground and there were tree monsters, this would fit right in. Now I really want to ask Flint Dilly if, if he watched this cartoon. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the thing. Like, whoever wrote this is questionable, because in the credits it's just a list of, like, eight possible writers, one of which is David Wise. Yes. Huh. So maybe this is a David Wise episode. Who knows? It could be. Yeah. We, we, the world may never know. He, do, he doesn't seem to have recycled the plot into, like, five Ninja Turtles episodes, so probably not. I, yeah. It's a weird temple thing. I don't know. It might have shown up somewhere else. It, I, it was, his was the only name I recognized. I mean, I guess, I guess the thing is that there's there's not a ton of plot in this episode. No, not really. No, there's really not... So, so they're they're caught. He, he tries to use the mind control whammy on them, but he can't apparently because it is blocked by their head colds. Question mark. Yeah. yeah, or as he literally says, maybe my head cold blocked the ray somehow. And that's all the explanation we're getting. Somehow Palpatine has returned, yes. which is what I, my first assumption was. Oh, it doesn't work on kids, but whatever head cold fine or on Godzuki's. I mean, he's a kid. Does he try it on Godzuki? I think he does also try it on Godzuki. Yeah, he's doing it to Godzuki, too, at the same time. And, I mean, he is also has an undeveloped juvenile brain, so yes. I guess I could see that. But the head cult thing was just sort of like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I know on. I know you're writing this on a deadline. It, <laughs> yes, it, it, it's Tommy knockers on a budget. And they replace a plate in the head with a head cold. I mean, it would kind of make sense if it was, you know, like a pheromone thing. And they, and like no. their, the nasal passages were blocked, but also you're not using the word pheromone on a Hanna-Barbera cartoon in the 70s. Yeah, no. Well, because well, like he mind controls the one guy who was already a zombie, but everyone else he has to bring into his ziggurat with all, filled with all the gas and the glowing color out of space. Well, well, we know what the gas is, and he presumably does, doesn't want his slaves to get that. No. Yes. Anyway, so they... they As we will learn. Yeah, so they, they escape and they get back to the boat, but then also uh, Axor can create tidal waves. Well, like, the the disturbing air sack with a blowhole on his back is like a giant whoopee cushion that can create tornadoes? Yes. That thereby creates I, I do not like his sack. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's a it's a very weird orifice on the top of his head. Yes, yeah, so he so yes. they get blown back to shore, and that's when they try to mind, and that's when he tries to mind control them. It doesn't work, so they escape into the temple and end up hiding inside this giant, uh, bizarre pit full of weird vapors. Yeah, it, it's your basic Oracle of Delphi kind of thing. Yes, and it turns out this is where Axor derives his powers from, as he inhales these vapors. And then, likewise, Godzuki and Pete absorb them. Pete briefly gets super strength, and Axor can actually breathe fire for once. Uh, Godzuki can the breathe fire. Yes, thing that Another Pete thing observes. he never does in any other episode. The first thing that Pete observes is that his head cold seems to be going away, at which point I was like, oh, so it's just menthol. This <laughs> <laughs> is a Vicks Vapo Rub pit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but no, it then also gives him like superpowers, which yes. sadly Vic's Vapo Rub does not actually give. Yeah, him. He just jumps straight up out of this pit. We don't actually know how deep it is, but it's like like Superman flies out. Yes, almost. But uh, this is, yeah, his fire breath works for once, and he sort of can fight Axor back, which is surprising considering he's like one tenth the size of Axor, depending upon the shot. Yeah, I mean it's he, he he's got at least a he's got at least a puncher's chance, and he, he doesn't yeah. quite do it, especially since the power boost from this is apparently extremely short lived. Well, for is, them, yes. Well, and he, I, I guess probably even for Axor, because remember Axor did not exactly fight Godzilla for an extended period of time in the first segment. No, but maybe that's that's also his unsettling sack. Maybe it can hold the gas. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it may also have like a respiratory function again. It would be nice if a little uh, of this was explained in the show. <laughs> evil we'll snake god, to, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. Soon we will get to a point where it would do to have less explanation, so... Well, I well, suppose this is true. At least as far as the sake of narrating everything that is occurring on screen. Yeah, because a lot of the time, Pete is reduced to explaining what Gatsuki is doing. Just yeah. declaring what Godzuki and then later Godzilla are doing. Even though we can definitely see what these things are. Like, the animation is not that complex. We, we know what's going on. Yeah, you don't need to tell us. Show, don't tell, or also show and tell. Uh, Only do one or the other. You don't need to do both. Yes. So, so Godzuki no longer has laryngitis, and he is able to summon Godzilla. And here comes Godzilla. Dun, dun, dun. So it, it is It is time for, a again, a pretty cool Godzilla-Axor fight. Uh, Godzilla totally smashes this temple. So now Axor sort of frantically tries to dig in there to get more of his vapors. Yeah, that, that good idea to build a, a ziggurat over top of your vapor supply, dude. And now it's covered in rock. Yes. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> so he tries to, like, use the mind control ram. Godzilla, it doesn't work the first time. For some reason, I guess it sort of stuns him, but it doesn't work. Yeah. And then Godzilla breathes fire onto a mountain, which turns it into a glass mirror. Yeah, what? Like Godzilla knows like meld stone spells with his fire? What? How? That's... I mean, it maybe it was a really sandy. I mean, it's like just a big pile of sand. 
Eh, sandstone, maybe? I don't think... It's, it's very weird and convenient, and it's very much like this rectangle polished mirror in the side of a mountain. Oh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I I was kind of like, rocks do not work that way. Glass <laughs> no. does not work that way. But yeah, it's maybe episode ending in three minutes. Joe Barbera is telling me to wrap it up. Yeah, again, like I said, we're on a deadline, and we gotta get this episode finished. So then Axor tries to get him again with the with the hypno ray. It Godzilla steps out of the way, it hits the mirror, it reflects back on Axor, and, and then it, weird shit happens. It short circuits him. Now and he is a slave to himself. No, that's not what happens. And he ceases to exist? Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, I guess it has to, like, you know, it's not like you can send the monsters to jail at the end. <laughs> and it yeah, and, you can't kill them bloodily and have Godzilla rip them apart or something. Right. So I mean, oh man, that must have been the hardest part of this writing assignment was coming up with a way that Godzilla could defeat the monsters without, like, running afoul of BSNP. I assume a lot of them, like, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of falling into pits and volcanoes, probably. Yes. Very Disney. They meet a lot of Disney villain ends. Yeah, but this guy just it is, mind controls himself out of existence. It raises more questions about what the fuck he even is. Yes. <laughs> He's Very an inhumanoid. Weird. I vote that he is an inhumanoid. He <laughs> might as well be. I mean, well, his legs would have to be bigger if he was going to be a toy, but yeah. He, he, he's some sort of Maybe lost... they get costed out like gag oils are. Yeah, he's some sort of lost hatch made of gag oil. I, I, get, I guess if he balanced on his tail like a kangaroo for the toy, maybe? Or, or there was a snake guy. Wasn't there Sleeth or something? Slithor. Slithor yeah. that yeah. also didn't get made. Right. Slithor. But I, I think he was he was built more like basically just decomposed mm. as a snake, I think. Yeah, just as a snake. So, yeah, God, so, you know, Godzilla. And uh, at the point that Axor becomes defeated, the, the music score becomes extremely funky. <laughs> Late seventies. Also, all through and and again, like I said, all through the fight between them is just the kid like narrating what's going on, and it's super yes. annoying by by the time it's done. It's like, could you just shut up? I mean, this is this is a real annoying kid sidekick. Yeah, he's really bad. Yeah, so with Axor gone, all the slaves are freed. Um, you know, the Calico, you know, we're not going to actually let all these, you know, guys on the boat because they haven't bathed in ages. They probably all smell bad. But we're going to call a ship to get you. Yeah. Or maybe they, they, they are, well, no, the boats crashed on the island, so there probably were other sailors, not natives of the island. Right. Well, Canadian natives to the island or, um However, it works. Yes, in, out in British Columbia, uh, First Nations peoples. Mm. I mean, presumably they didn't live there because of the giant snake monster. You know, well, like, yeah. I know you, you. You can go there if you want, white guys, but uh, we're going to stay away. What with the giant hypnotic snake monster? They were like, "Hey, why don't you guys go over to that island over there? It's called a uh, really great fishing island." Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a hot chick island. Yeah, yes. It's uh, full of full of babes. You'll love it. It's great. 
Uh, I'm so, all for indigenous people specifically telling the settlers to, <laughs> to go to dangerous places. Uh, and so then, you know, cut to, uh, you know, they're, 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 but, you know, everybody's very impressed with how Godzuki uh, handled himself. You know, Godzuki, you were the greatest, which I assume is a specific Muhammad Ali uh, reference because he's sort of shadow boxing. Yeah. But then the sun comes out and he's also afraid of a shadow. Yes, he does Godzuki. <laughs> which, which would have been fine, but then also they have to have Pete explain that gag. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That kid had better have gotten paid a lot because he is carrying this entire thing. <laughs> even when he doesn't need to be. Uh, oh, God. Th- oh, was God. he actually voiced by a child actor? Uh, let me see here. He doesn't have his own Wikipedia page, whoever this actor is. But it... So probably... It, it, it is a, 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 a guy, at least, and not an adult woman. Yeah. Uh, Al Eisenman. I think this is, assuming this is the same guy. He was born in 65, so he would have been like a young teenager, I think. If oh, this is yeah. the same he would have been like 13, yeah. Let's I guess see. you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of those credits. <laughs> At least according to IMDb, it is the same guy. He was also on Another Day. Um, and then a bunch of guest appearances on, like, Bosom Buddies. After uh, School Specials. He was, he was on some a, NBC After School Specials. He was in an episode of um, Arrested Development, and he's now become, like, a prop guy. Oh, like, he's a, he's a property master. Cool. Worked on uh, Criminal work. Minds, Arrested Development, Ooh. Always Sunny, uh, Monk, right. Roswell. So he's he's still in the industry. So so good for you, annoying Godzilla child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you uh, you done good. Yeah. Solid career behind the scenes. Oh, and his. His father was Albert Abel, who was a, like, kids' TV show host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll get you jobs. He was Cadet Don. Which I assume that's kind of like a I don't captain. I mean, this is way before any of our times. I, yeah. Yeah, he was a... Kind of, you know, kind of like a Bozo the Clown captain video kind of thing. Oh, yeah, wait right. for us. Well, this cartoon is at the beginning of two of us. Yes. So, yeah, so that was yeah, sort of an interesting little tidbit there. So, uh, you know, this this scene is extremely goofy, or this this show is extremely goofy, but it, it has yeah. a certain charm. But uh, it helps that, like, I was not of an age when all cartoons were like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is very much in the basic Hanna-Barbera cartoon formula, but it wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be going back to it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like I said, more in the Johnny Quest vein than in the Jabberjaw vein. Yes. No. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not terrible. Uh, definitely an interesting historical artifact if you're into the Godzillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, you can watch it on uh, the official Godzilla YouTube channel now. I am such a big fan of 
companies doing that. Yes. <laughs> Please. You know, you need to shovel some stuff onto Peacock. Yes, dig out the second previously lost season of Exo Squad. That's great. That's right. Dig through you those archives, just, people. I, so much content. Yeah, just find that stuff that you didn't bother to put out on DVD. And just because that's the one good thing about streaming is that while, you know, stuff can just disappear whenever, uh, there's very, very little commitment to actually making that stuff available. All you have to do is find somebody to maybe clean it up a little and upload it. And there you go. Now mm. it's there. Slap it up on YouTube and you got some content. Yes. And I, I guess the nice thing about Hanna-Barbera is that it seems that, you know, they... You know, they, they were, you know, their stuff was rerun forever. I mean, as we saw with Godzilla here. So I, I, I don't think there's a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff that's lost. They just got it all in their archives. Yeah, somewhere. Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess that's I mean, why Cartoon that Network was, was being of, able to, and that's why they became a going concern. Cause, yeah, I mean, that was what Cartoon Network was kind of their, their founding. That was what they were, mm-hmm. their foundation was that they, were Turner and they had all of the Hanna-Barbera back catalog. So in addition to the other odds and ends they could get a hold of, they just had all this stuff that they could just, it was funny because some of the stuff I would see on the Saturday afternoon, like action stuff was cartoons that had shown up on, uh, Scooby-Doo movies episodes, but I had never actually seen them in anything else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like speed buggy. Uh, yeah, for so, me, it's uh, uh, I know I know most of the stuff from uh, Harvey Birdman. <laughs> yeah. I watched a lot of the Scooby Doo movies episodes when I was a kid in the eighties, and honestly, I know like ninety five percent of what I know about sixties and seventies celebrities and and culture. I know like <laughs> Phyllis Diller or. Sonny and Cher. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Mama Cass. Yes, Mama Cass. I would absolutely have no reason to know who Mama Cass was if I hadn't been watching this. <laughs> I think my mom had a record of her. Well, I mean, you know, the mamas and the papas. Yeah, I mean, they were in a, a musical group that was not relevant to me in the 80s listening to well, 80s no. pop music. So... So yeah, that was, I guess Cartoon Network was kind of the equivalent of what streaming is today, where they just, you know, needed to fill a bunch of space and they just shoveled what they had access to into, into their time slots. And now they just show Teen Titans go 24-7. <laughs> Which I guess is also well, kind of like what... streaming, but not on purpose. <laughs> I guess that's also what uh, that's what Boomerang is for. Is Boomerang still around? Oh, is I it? I think so. I Last I heard, Boomerang had just started showing like Powerpuff Girls in Dexter's Lab. Oh God, we're all oh. so old. I know, yeah. we're just incredibly old, just super old, like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh God! Oh, they're still running there. Good. I don't know. I know that's on Toonami Aftermath. <laughs> All right. So I believe that about does it for this month's Patreon special. We will be back next month uh, talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. 
Yes, it is time. It is time to. Oh man, that's going to be a big discussion. We are going to talk. Oh yes, that might Uh be one of the. I'm going to have to like pencil it into my schedule as a three-hour episode. (laughs) Yeah, that. That feels like that could be our longest episode since Transformers the movie. We are going to have some thoughts and feelings about that. Yes. I'm going to oh, talk man. about Darkman. I'm going to talk about Rintra. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Rintra. I'm going to talk uh, about... I wish he wasn't build a figure. I'm going to talk about Wanda, and I'm going to talk about how sometimes mm-hmm. you just get sick of trying to be the good guy, and you just become a villain because screw everything, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, spoiler, see the movie. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like at this point you've probably picked up on I mean, that biosmosis. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been a month. It, 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 it's I haven't seen any more trailers, but they probably stuck it in the trailer by now. There are certain things that get hinted at enough that you kind of, you're like, oh, that must be the thing that happens. So right. I'm ready for the discourse. I'm ready for the Wanda discourse. I'm here for it. <laughs> Also, cameos. Not as many as I would have liked, but some really good ones. I I didn't didn't want to be like cameo palooza, really. I had Hmm. to reassure one of my coworkers who's not like crazy like us uh, that it wasn't just going to be a cavalcade of characters he doesn't recognize. (laughs) Yeah. Because he he had just read enough of the hype Hmm. to be like... Am I even going to enjoy this if I don't know who, like, the people who played the Fantastic Four and the Roger Corman? I mean, he didn't say that, (laughs) but that was the vibe I was getting, that he was concerned that it was just going to be entirely super deep in jokey references. And and so I had to reassure him that it was not. No, for Sam Raimi, surprisingly, it wasn't. All right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm not Godzuki. Godzuki. I love Godzuki.